Hello and welcome to a free bonus episode of the Katie Helper Show. I interview Ryan Grimm, an Intercept reporter who has actually interviewed Julian Assange at the embassy, at the Ecuadorian embassy in England. And we talk about Julian Assange and the book that Ryan is working on. So thanks a lot. And of course, even though this is a free bonus, please feel free, of course, to support the Katie Helper Show's Patreon at patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. And stand by for some more Patreon-only bonus episodes, including an interview I did with Daniel Denver and Luke Savage. So, Ryan, you are a journalist at The Intercept. And you're a pretty prolific journalist, actually, and you're writing a book. Um, so tell us first about what you're working on. And then I and, and the reason I really want to have you on, well, I've been wanting to have you on for a while. And we've been trying to do this for a while. But I, I want to have you on to talk about the Julian Assange, the latest with Julian Assange. And um, we're going to get back to this. But I just want to share with people that I remember it was July. And I remember seeing this tweet of yours that was kind of like, gave me the chills and it said whenever governments go after the press they find examples that will set a precedent but have a unique set of facts that dissuade the rest of the media from defending against the assault. Assange is perfect for that. We're all sitting back and watching them boil us. So we'll get back to that in a second and um, uh, that was very prescient and very accurate at the time. But tell me what you're just tell people what you're up to right now before we jump into the Assange thing. Yeah I, I mean I've got a pretty wide range of stuff that I cover so foreign policy, civil liberties, um, but my main beat the last like year or so, couple years, um, and depending on how you count it, stretching back maybe 12 years, uh, has been covering the, the kind of the, the left wing of the Democratic Party and their their ongoing battle with the, uh, with the centrists in the party. And, you know, for most of the time uh, that I've been covering that fight, the centrists have been just romping, uh, mm-hmm. just, just annihilating them. Um, you know, it's Rahm Emanuel against uh, Raul Grijalva, not, you know, not right. much of a, of a fair fight. Um, and only in the last year, two years or so has maybe starting with the actually with 2015 with the rise of the Sanders campaign has has it been more of a fair fight and been mm-hmm. something that people are now paying attention to more broadly. So uh, I decided why not why not turn a lot of the reporting that I've done over the last decade into a book for, you know, for people who kind of started following politics either in 2015, 2016 during the Sanders fight or start or after Trump was elected, right. got triggered into activism. Um, triggering, just triggering to let them know like what, what's been going on, what's been tried, what's been happening in the, in the couple decades uh, before that. Right. And what's the book called? It's called We've Got People, which I, which I ripped off from Ocasio-Cortez's viral campaign ad. You know, at the climax of it, she says something like, uh, you know, this is a battle between, you know, people and money. We've got people, they've got money. Right. Um, which I thought, it, with a lot of what she does, it, 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 it's good messaging. It encapsulated uh, the situation in a, in a couple of words. Um, and actually, when I, when I went back to look for it, I was going to, my first thought was that her quote was, we have people, they have money. Mm-hmm. I went back and looked and transcribed it. And I was like, oh, it's we've got people. And actually, that's better. Like we've got people is better. Like she, she has a knack for it. 
Like that. So that, it was, it, you it thought it was rolled. we have people, but it was we've got people. Right. It just, but her version just kind of rolls better off the tongue. Um, right. We've got people. Yeah. Right. I mean. Yeah. We yeah. It does. And it kind of reminds like, me of. Um, I just remind. I didn't think this, but the Chelsea Manning thing. We got this. Is that that's what mm -hmm. she says, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah just remind me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She is yeah, very good right. at. Um, uh, Casio Cortez is great. A great speaker. Um, she's like a little bit, I've said this before, she's like the good version of Trump right. in that she is so, like people try so hard to troll her and she just dominates them. Like it's right. pathetic. They have no chance. Um, her enemies hate her. They have no idea how to deal with her. What The difference is like, uh, she's, I think a lot of people have a crush on her. I don't think anyone has a crush on, I mean, I'm sure there's, a t everyone has their thing, but I don't think a lot of people who hate Trump have a crush on him. Um, but yeah, and she's, they're just very effective communicators. Uh, but of course, you know, she's, she's good and he's bad. There's that um, too. Yeah. yeah, there's that. So when are you going to be done with this book and how can people access it? Uh, any, any day it'll be out, uh, May 28th. Oh, great. Um, and so it'll be, it'll be everywhere. Hopefully. Yeah. Get but on the Katie Alper strong, show, live reading. Strong Arm Press is, is publishing it. So if people wanted to like learn more about it, they could go to the Strong Arm Press website, which is a, Interesting. And we should talk about this someday too. It's a kind of a reader backed, um, oh, independent, cool. independent publisher, um, that's trying to create a new kind of publishing model. It's like the Bernie, it's the not me us of uh, yeah. book publishing. Yeah. Right. Um, so let's talk about, um, Julian Assange and, um, that quote, that tweet that you had written, um, back in July, Again, which is whenever governments go after the press, they find examples that will set a precedent but have a unique set of facts that dissuade the rest of the media from defending against the assault. Assange is perfect for that. We're all sitting back and watching them boil us. So what, what did you mean by that? Yeah, and you, you've kind of seen that play out in the, in the conversation since he was arrested with a lot of people who wanted to see him arrested um, saying, well, look, he wasn't published. He wasn't, he wasn't arrested for publishing. He wasn't charged with publishing, he's charged with being a criminal and being a hacker. Right. And you're like, well, okay, what would the charge be if he were charged with publishing? You know, First Amendment's pretty clear. Uh, Congress shall make no law, you know, restricting the, the freedom of the press. Uh, so there is no statute on the book that says you are guilty of publishing. So the idea that they didn't charge him with a non-existent statute isn't exculpatory when it comes to whether or not this was an assault on the free press. So right. because there's no law against publishing, you have to then find some part of the process of reporting and publishing that is that you can then criminalize. And so that what and as as I had predicted, they they went and found the the least sympathetic thing that he had done. Because if you're if you're trying to attack a principle, right. you don't attack it head on. You don't say I don't believe in the freedom of the press. Of course. You say, I, I, I cherish the freedom of the press, but this is not journalism. This is not, this doesn't count as being a member of the press. And so that puts defenders of the freedom of, pre of the press in a difficult position because we have to defend what they've been able to select as the most odious thing that they've been able to find that he did. And then right. they are also able to frame it in their own indictment in a way that you know fits their argument the best. So what they did, they went out and found that in, in order to try to 
protect her identity, uh, Chelsea was trying to use a different account than her own to access. Chelsea Manning, obviously. So, right, yeah, Chelsea Manning, it. trying to access these documents and download them without being caught, uh, and so wanted to use a different account. There's a big question uh, over whether or not the account that she was trying to get would have given her additional access. That kind of changes the nature of of the password hacking that you're doing. If you're hacking a password to get access to something you don't already have access to, you know, in other words, you know, that's different than trying to get access discreetly to something that you already have access to. Right. From the indictment, it appears like she was trying to discreetly, you know, get access to things that she already had access to. And in order to do that, she wanted an admin account that would be more anonymous so that she could kind of sift through things and then and then download. And Assange said, well, let me let me, you know, you know, hash this stuff and let me see if I can uh, crack the password for you. Uh, he ultimately failed at doing that. Now, no journalist is going to go out and defend the idea of trying to hack into accounts or 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 break passwords or that sort of thing. But. It's not hard to go from there to other source protection measures that not only do all journalists participate in, but all journalists ought to participate in as, as best practice source protection. In other words, if a source reaches out mm. and emails me, I might say, hey, don't, don't email me from your work account. Don't email me from your Gmail. Right. Um, download Signal right. and text me there. According to the premise of the DOJ indictment, I'm now engaged in a conspiracy uh, to further whatever you know, crimes this source goes on to commit in downloading documents. Now, if, if a source comes to me and says, the agency I work for is breaking the law, you know, they're, right. they're separating children, they're killing people, or whatever, you know, whatever they say they're doing. And I say to them, uh, do you have documents that back up your assertions that you're making, for, which any good journalist should should do, because you you want to demonstrate to the public that what you're publishing is true, and you want to be sure yourself that it's true. You could very easily read that as encouragement to go obtain these documents. So you're now again now you're engaged in this conspiracy. You're helping with the security uh, around it and the anonymity around it. Now you're now you're encouraging to go find these documents, and you've and you've just described pretty much it every uh, practice that has led to any national security story that has won a Pulitzer over right. five, five, six years or so. So, like, right, they, they try to elevate a thing that is, um, you know, that, that can be spun on its face to be uh, awful and say, oh, and then uh, get, get the rest of the media say, yes, that's awful. We were defenders mm -hmm. of the free press, but not defenders of that. Um, right. And then when, and, and, and then you have a couple different questions. One is, what do foreign countries do with this? You know, we're sending a signal to authoritarians who are not going to parse the indictment. They're going to read, oh, right. I can crack down on the press now because the protections around that freedom are as much norms as they are anything else. Right. Uh, but then separately, the next time the government uh, wants to go after a reporter, they can you know, call up this indictment and be like, look, they were using Signal. They were using secure Dropbox. They were encouraging on their website that people leak classified information that 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 implicates them in the conspiracy. As right. Well. Right. It's the Assange principle or whatever. Right. So can 
it's funny when I saw that um, I actually thought you meant it's funny I thought you meant goes after the press they find examples that will set a precedent but have unique set of facts that dissuade them dissuade the rest of the media from defending against the assault Assange is perfect for that or else we're all sitting back and watching them boil us I actually thought you meant they go they were choosing to go after Assange yes so, so that too so yeah, yeah. right so, I mean for I mean they, they wanted Assange right anyway because they they've seen him as this I don't know about existential, but extraordinary threat. Um, you know, you have to think back to the number of stories that he's broken right. over the last decade or so. It's it it, it matches and exceeds any news outlet in, in right. the world over the last decade. Uh, you sparked the Arab Spring uh, and on and you know changed elections. Um, uh, you know, cost uh, dictators their their positions and, and on and on and on. And so yes, they were. They, so they wanted Assange for that for that reason. They also wanted him because he's an asshole. Right. Um, yeah. And because he's such an asshole. Yeah. He has made enemies of everybody he's ever um, come into contact with. I mean, I interviewed him in maybe five six years ago in the Ecuadorian embassy. Wow. Um, wrote a fairly positive story out of the interview, which is about whatever he was. He was in some beef with Google at the time. Um, and he, he jumps on Twitter and just starts like dragging the story. Right. You didn't leak <laughs> any of your personal info, right? Right. And I don't dislike, right? I don't so. dislike him as a result of it, but he's, he's just, he's, he's a jerk. Yeah. He's, like he's a jerk to even people who are close to him. Or did, right. So because of that, a lot of people hold grudges against him. Uh, and he, and he does. And so he didn't, he, the, the, the U S justice department knew that he wouldn't have a whole lot of defenders. Right. Um, if if they you know if they went for when when they decided to come after him so uh, right exactly you 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 pick the unpopular kid in the class right exactly yeah go after it rather than than the cool kid you know they're you know if they tried to put Jake Tapper in uh, prison right. for report you know for the, the same type of thing like working with sources to securely uh, leak information um, co you know covering their tracks through sort you know. Um, the there would be an absolute eruption in the media like right. how, how dare you um attack somebody who's you know uh, in a journalist in good standing in our in our community right and yeah even and even yeah. me probably like at this right. point like even if they like i'm not like the most popular journalist but like they people like me more than they like julian assange right um he, he just has a unique ability to to piss people off yeah and Friends he's and like allies alike right and he's kind of weird. Like he looks. I mean, I'm just being honest. It sounds like he kind of looks weird. Like he also has these credible sexual assault allegations right. over him does right. not make does not make you any more sympathetic as a figure. Right. Um, right. Although, of course, it doesn't make you more guilty of the things that you're right. right. So but that's the point. They want somebody who right exactly who will he's, indict for right. He's a good poster reason. child, or you know. <clears throat> He's the the worst poster child for our, for people who care about free press, and he's the yes. best poster child for people who want to go after people like him. Right. Um, he's he's his own worst enemy. He's our worst enemy, and right, he's exactly. the worst enemy of of powerful people. And so they're the ones that have gone after him. Right. It's funny because when you posted that, I remember feeling like a little <clears throat> guilty um, when I read that, and I remember being like, you know, I really should defend him more. I mean, not just self-aggrandizing, like oh, he's going to get the Katie Helper. You know, critical hate, Katie Helper uh, boost. But I remember being like, "There's, there's," and, and we see this with a lot of different people where it's like a real focus on the messenger. 
as opposed to the message message right um assange and message is message i guess um and uh, like a real smearing of people which there's a lot of group think and peer pressure to kind of like not talk to these people and certain things are deemed like conspiracy theories that are unacceptable whereas other things are just as credible or just as non-credible and they're they're accepted um it really is like like you were saying a popularity contest right um, it's no, right it's no fun to go out and defend that person in particular right. um but right. you're, defend, you're you're defending you're defending a principle you know if you think yeah. about some of the stuff he said during the 2016 campaign and after that uh all the all the seth rich stuff that he was right. floating like you don't want to seem like you're co-signing any of that but right like you said yeah you have to you have to look past that otherwise right. Um, after they come for him, they come for everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, I mean, it's just a basic principle. Like what's that? I don't know if it's Voltaire. I think it's probably not, but it always gets attributed to him. First, they can't, I mean, I don't care what you, have, what is it? I may not agree with you, but I'll fight till the death right. to defend your right to say it. It's funny because all these liberals who in theory are really, really care about that stuff. It's not that surprising, but are celebrating Assange's arrest. And his lawyers are saying, and of course I have some, I'm, prone to believe what they're saying that, you know, this was a violation of international law, the way that he was removed from the embassy. How much, how, like, do you, I know you're not a, a law, a lawyer or a law professor, but the thing that they did arrest him for, is that something that there's like agreement for that it's illegal or they, or is that the precedent? Yes and no. So the, they, they charged him under the computer fraud and abuse act, um, which, you know, it is, is one of the most, vague and overbroad laws that we have on the books. It's the one that they they threw at Aaron Swartz um, when they drove him to suicide. Huh. Um, another journal, a, a, a journalist and hacker. And uh, you know, there's been a push to to, to reform CFAA that has not that has not succeeded, and to try to narrow the scope of it, because it, you know, depending on how you interpret it, you can, you know, we're probably committing crimes multiple CFAA crimes right now as as we speak you know if you uh, you know that you know arguably if you if you disrespect the terms of service of like walmart.com right. um, you're somehow uh, engaged in some CFAA crime um, and so you know to to try to crack a password would be um, a violation of of the of the CFAA um, now you know, tax fraud is uh, also illegal, but right. nobody thinks that Al Capone was targeted for his tax fraud just right. because they were doing a random audit of his books. And so right. it's like, okay, yes, like th that pr they probably were um, committing some CFAA violation. Right. Um, but uh, you you are arguably committing CFAA violations all the time um, when you're using Signal to try to cloak identity. Um, and, and, and using other tools on the internet to try to mask your your identity to um, stay away from authorities because you're trying to obtain and, and publish secret information, which is which is journalism. So uh, that's why I'd say yes and no to that to that question. Right. So there's a lot of discretion, obviously. Right. Um, yeah. Sure. They, yeah. That's, that's the thing. And also, they can um, they, they have a lot of discretion around the number the counts, like. There, it's the, you know it's not clear what counts as a single uh, attempt. You know what if they tried thirty times um, to crack the password, 
is that 30 counts right at, at five years each or whatever you know so it really allows prosecutors to mess with people's entire lives by deciding how many counts they want to throw of the CFAA at them. Right. Um, and you also tweeted, the only people behind bars for this heinous murder exposed by Chelsea Manning and WikiLeaks are the people who exposed it. Um, so that's another thing that is is part of the story, right? Because he's not, I mean, the reason he's was per, was gone after in the first place was because of WikiLeaks and the re what really put them on the map, right, was the leaking of this information um, that involved Chelsea Manning and Snowden, right? So can you just set up a little bit what, um, like, what happened in the first place, why we're even here, why Assange is, was in the embassy, why Manning is in jail, and why uh, Snowden is, is he still in Russia? He is, yeah. Yeah, and why Snowden is in Russia? And so this Wait. would have been 2010, I believe. So I think this was this was the uh, this was the thing that that Manning and and WikiLeaks Assange were communicating about um, at the t at the time that uh, of of this indictment. And Manning had found uh, a video from a, an attack helicopter of these uh, American. Uh, um, these Americans gunning down unarmed uh, or mostly unarmed uh, in, you know, innocent civilians in, in Baghdad, including a Reuters photographer. Yeah. And joining me now for more details on both the release and the video, Julian Assange. So let's go back to July 2007 when this attack first occurred. Uh, the military at that time had said that every person who was killed was an insurgent and that the military had abided by the rules of engagement. We know now that, that they weren't insurgents. Now, we know now that, that two Reuters employees had been killed. And perhaps some of the most disturbing footage of the video shows uh, a van pulling up when one of the Reuters employees is, is wounded on the side of the road and they try to help him. And then U.S. soldiers fire on that van. There are also children uh, in that vehicle. Can you just elaborate for us on this specific scenario? Yes. Sir. I can't see any excuse for this. In, in the first part, you can make some argument that they didn't really pay attention. It was the heat of war, and they confused a, a telephoto camera for an RPG. Um, that's a, a hard argument to make, but you can make it. Um, a difficult argument, because there's only uh, two people who appear to have weapons out of a much larger group, and they appear to be acting peacefully. Um, but for the attack on a van, rescuing a wounded person, uh, totally prone, weaponless. The people in the van are weaponless. Um, I cannot see any uh, excuse for this whatsoever. It's, it's a horrifying massacre, um, right. an extended massacre, um, carried out cavalierly um, and published by WikiLeaks. And he came, if I recall, to the National Press Club in Washington to unveil it. Um, and it was a huge deal. It was, it was you know, if people want to argue about you know, the the technicalities of it, it, it certainly appears to be a massive war crime, right? Uh, and, it, and it certainly is is a massacre. There was no accountability for that massacre. Uh, yet, as we speak today, the the two people most responsible for for the publication, you know, the the whistleblowing of that massacre, are behind bars. Let's like Chelsea Manning is back in prison, uh, and Julian Assange is in prison. And so the only accountability um, for that um, has has gone to them. And of course, Chelsea Manning, I mean, the, all these terrible things have happened, right? So she was suicidal. 
so their response to that was putting her in solitary confinement, right? Which is considered torture by lots of bodies, right? right. Um, did you see? You saw the video, right, of Assange being dragged out? Mm -hmm. I thought it was so disturbing. Like, right? It really affected me on a visceral level, and I guess part of the point is, I mean, no, but that's it's okay. It's good. It's okay to be affected by visceral level. I was just going to say, like, we're not the the biography isn't that important of the person, but it is because. You know the the U.S. government and the British government and um, Ecuador, the Ecuadorian government. Those are governments that are supposed to be following the law, as opposed to kind of rogue individuals. Uh, right. So, and yeah, do you, his? I guess he's. And they they couldn't find his cat. I don't even like cats, but that made me really sad. Uh, I guess well, he had a cat that had. I think I, my understanding is that he was kind of neglecting that cat. Uh, Wouldn't be funny? They were like, "This is about the right of cats. Yeah. We're a cat positive, and he was not taking yeah. care of his cat. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't neglecting the cat. I mean, the guy must be crazy. I mean, he. So okay, he was in jail. He not in jail. He was in the embassy for se seven it was, years. It was, it was like jail. So this this embassy, oh it's a little flat. Like the pictures that you've seen of it. Um, you know, as you walk up those stairs, there it, the embassy's off to the left. Um, that's it. Like it's on that floor. Um, there are oh right because you were there you were there right yeah it's his it's his room like his room is there with that balcony there when you first walk in though he was on the balcony um so he wasn't getting sunlight you right. walk you walk down a hallway there's a bathroom um there's another room that has like a table and some uh you know some workspace uh and that's basically it like it's a, it's a very it's like a basically a two-bedroom flat mm -hmm. um and not only was he in there, but the diplomatic corps is trying to do whatever it does in, in for Ecuador in London, um, and that was a, that was an awfully tense situation. You know, he he famously uh, is not hygienic, yeah. Uh, and so here you are coming to work every day with a guy who lives there with a cat that he's not taking great care of, not taking care of himself. Um, you know, he couldn't go. You know, he didn't go to the dentist for seven years. You know, although some of our listeners probably haven't, uh, right. but they should. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't get, can't, can't leave for any reason. Could uh, he go on the balcony? Did he just not go because I mean, he didn't he, like he, it? He could have. Uh, I think he was nervous about what would happen if he did. Um, I talked to one of the police officers who was like, this is the most boring job I could possibly have. Like they, they, they had, they had cops outside of it constantly. Right. Um, just in case he, and it's like a block from the row in London where you, where uh, there are all those diamond merchants and like all, all those like high-end high-end shops so it's it's rather strange that it's just that it was that close to that the, the ritziest area of london right yeah um yeah i mean there have been some articles about what happens to your body when you're like don't see the sun for a long time um and we saw his beard was long and yeah and they were dragging him and it was just very and, and you hear him saying resist like resist Mm -hmm. Trump, right? Um, which was interesting because I felt like he was kind of a, trying to appeal to the very people who are kind of celebrating his arrest. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I did a thread on this, but you have like Neera Tandon calling him a fascist, saying it's fascism because he helped the Russian state, helped Russia, which is a proto-fascist state. Malcolm Nance was really happy about it. Hillary Clinton is glad about it. Um, even Chris Hayes like joked about it. I don't know if you saw that, which really surprised me. Um, 
yeah, I thought all these people who were either like being cavalier about it or openly celebrating it, I, I kind of thought they would keep it more under wraps, but I guess they just don't feel any, maybe that's part of what we were talking about, which is how kind of the group think and the peer pressure and how no one is coming to this person's defense. So they don't feel like any pressure to, to not openly cheer for his arrest. Right, and I thought Chris was just kind of joking. Oh, you know. okay. Um, so they might have been a little bit tone deaf. Um, yeah, I guess I knew, I was surprised because I yeah. think of him as. Yeah, I'm sure he agrees with everything we're saying. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the. Yeah, yeah Chris you, is you're not not a, not a, a near Tandon, a Hillary Clinton, a Joe Manchin, a Schumer. You're not. That's not Chris Hayes. I don't want people. Oh, right. to think I'm Schumer. Celebrating. Schumer yeah. celebrating, and not only not only not only Schumer celebrating his arrest, but then Schumer was saying, I hope he's also held to account for, for tipping the election against us in 2016. Right, which, which I didn't, yeah. Which is egregious. Right, because isn't that not... a thing to say. And a what thing to say? Just tyrannical. It's to, Yeah, it's authoritarian, right? I mean, that's the irony. If I were Putin, I'd be so happy. Right. It's like such great PR for all the hypocrisy around this, you know? Right, and, and Putin has always believed that this Western liberal democracy stuff is a fraud that just masks, uh, you know, an underlying imperialist brutality, right. uh, you know, that that executes it, its agenda on places like Russia. Uh, and so to him, he's seeing the mask. He's like, this is just the mask off. You know, yeah, we're, do, we're doing his... His, his work for him, you know, the right. reason he messes with elections around the country, and he does, that's part of Russian yeah. foreign policy, is, so to, we, but yeah. is to humiliate these Western liberal democracies, which he which he thinks are frauds, um, and which he thinks are masks for what's what's really lying beneath them. And so, yeah, to see it coming forward and to see people like Schumer saying, I hope he's held to account. And like, what's the, what's the crime? Like we now, um, Right. From Mueller, know that there was no collusion between Russia and Trump. And so let, let's assume, for the sake of argument, when sure, it's right. probably true, that Russia, let's say Russia hacked DNC, got the emails, hacked Podesta, got the emails, and used some conduit to leak them to WikiLeaks. Uh, that's not a crime. That's on WikiLeaks' part. Uh, right. we, we obtain and publish documents from intelligence agencies around the globe routinely um right. often it's our own intelligence agency other times it's foreign intelligence agencies we don't and we don't you we don't usually if it's a decent intelligence agency we don't know uh for sure right. that we're getting right. from an intelligence agency when we get i i'm sure that i have published um i'm sure i, I know for a fact i've published stuff from u.s intelligence agencies i i'm, I'm pretty certain i've published from foreign intelligence agencies but very hard, it's very hard to know and right. you can't require a journalist to be checking the employment status of every of every source to see whether or not you know they're they're a US national or a foreign national or you know the question is is the information they're providing you uh, useful to the public and and true and if it is right. you publish it yeah um which i think you and Glenn Greenwald have both made this point right which is that um uh, if you if it's illegal if what WikiLeaks did was a crime then it's illegal to, for the New York Times or the Guardian mm -hmm. or the Washington Post all those people who who further leaked it right or reported on it I mean if the information was so sensitive then they shouldn't have been publishing it either right um, and, then, and they were also engaged in the, a conspiracy 
you know, even if, right. even if he's the one that interacted directly with Manning, like they were part of the same conspiracy and, right, exactly. and benefited from it. Right. So, so in here, a crime, if that's the way you wanted to frame it, you would, you could lock them up too. Right. Exactly. Um, and so just sharing some of the tweets, um, let's see, one is, I just thought this was the weirdest one ever there. This is from Neera Tandon, the head of Center for American Progress, um, who I guess took a break from presenting Bernie as a hypocrite for making a lot of money. I just want to say really quickly, if Bernie Sanders wanted to not pay higher taxes, he'd be a hypocrite. Like if he right. were indicting millionaires and criticizing them, millionaires, and um, but also trying to get away with not paying higher taxes, that would be hypocrisy. But what he's doing isn't hypocritical. Right. I mean, I, I never know if people, I should do this like every week. It's like at the end of the week, a roundup. It's like dumb or disingenuous or ignorant yeah. or disingenuous. Cause I don't know if people actually, you know, I mean, when people are like, oh, you're a socialist, but you use an iPhone, that's pretty disingenuous, I think. Right. But um, this, I think actually some people may, may actually um, believe this. Um, or iPhones may, communist country anyway yeah you're right yeah you're, i should be like well it's because i'm a socialist that i use uh, an iphone so nira tweeted there are many cultists on this site but the assange cultists are the worst assange was the agent of a proto-fascist state russia to undermine democracy this is fascist behavior anyone on the left should abhor what he did not celebrate it which is like a real stretch um and then it's, uh, there was an Associated Press article that said the latest Russian President Vladimir Putin spokesman says Russia wants Julian Assange's right to be observed following his arrest. And Nero writes, fascists take care of their own, which is so funny. Like she's citing an article that's er, that, that's Putin urging like the the respect of someone's um, like that. He's Basic saying, process. Right. Yeah. He's saying literally saying he wants Assange's rights to be observed. Um, and that to her is an example of fascists taking care of their own. And that's and we, also an example of tr Putin trolling. Um, right. It's, yeah, it's, which they, yeah. It's classic exactly. Putin trolling because he doesn't give a shit about people's individual rights. Like he, right. at all. Right, but it's. it's and but he it's, knows too that the West doesn't give a shit, or he believes that the West doesn't give a shit about Right. Individual liberties, either that it just pretends to. Right. So, Which is why, yeah, exactly. Which say, is please respect, you know, please right. follow the values that you preach all the time. Exactly. And then, right. To, and then on cue, there comes Nero Tannen to make his point that, yeah, exactly. that they don't actually believe in, in individual, in these values for individuals when it's inconvenient to them. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, the, to be fair, it's like, it's like kind of like Israel versus other countries, the, the United States and Israel, we both, that both of those countries really claim to respect rights. So it's much more hypocritical right. when they don't than right. it is when, you know, no one expects, no one points to, to Putin or to Russia as like this beacon of democracy. So it's right. actually much worse when we, I think it's much more damaging right. PR. Um, then Malcolm Nance, who's what, I mean, I know he's like a fixture on MSNBC. He was in the FBI. Is that what his? It's somewhere in the deep state. Deep state, yeah. Um, he tweeted a photo of, uh, Assange being dragged out and wrote about Assange, I hand clap, told hand clap, you hand clap, so hand clap. And then hashtag, I never remember, I never know how to pronounce this. Is it Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. 
Um, Schadenfreude delicious. So he made a very clever hashtag pun. That's really good. I mean, I guess he needed the I told you so because he's been predicting things that have been 100% wrong. Right, exactly. For months and years, so. Not that it's going to affect anything that also, any future like, employment. I told told you what, that that the guy who was told <laughs> up so that he wouldn't be arrested finally got arrested. Right. Like, nice nice work. Yeah, seriously. No wonder you're on the intelligence community yeah. with instincts <laughs> like that the and the ability the to see the future. Um, and then he also wrote, a trader says, what now? All caps. Oh, good one. Can't hear you over my, oh, because it was Edward Snowden. Oh, trader. He's not American. Oh, well, no, this was Snowden. Sorry. Let me, oh. I, I forgot. So then he oh, responds okay, to, okay. that was just in response to an image of, of Assange getting arrested. Then this one is that he responded to a, a tweet from Snowden, which said, for the folks reflexively saying there wasn't any secret police, here's the reporter who was on the ground saying some of the arresting officers. Okay, I didn't actually, I took a screenshot, so I don't know what the rest of it said. But the point is, that Nance responded to to um, Snowden by saying, a trader says, what now? Can't hear you over my schadenfreude meltdown, schadenfreude, whatever, meltdown. Someday soon you'll get a swift black bag rend, I didn't realize how bad this was. Someday soon you'll get a swift black bag rendition by your FSB secret police friends and I'll be waiting outside EDVA courthouse. Hashtag I would worry. Wait, black bag rendition, is that a dead body or is that? No, I uh, think no, no. It means they'll kidnap him. Right. Oh, that's good. Just torture yeah. and rendition. Yeah. Yeah, and and bring him to the Eastern District of Virginia courthouse is where they try terrorists and other uh, other. That's so scary. I would worry. Hashtag Jesus Christ. Um, then also the, we also the yeah. excess use of the hashtags. I know. How like come it's on? 20, it's 2019. I know. Right? Although I kind of like the shout and Freud delicious. It's kind of good. I doubt um, it, him. It sounds I, like it's like some German I, hot dog brand or something. Sure, he ripped that off from somewhere. Yeah, some clever person. Then you have Hillary Clinton saying Assange must answer for what he has done. And then she says, I do think it's a little ironic that Julian Assange may be the only foreigner that this administration would welcome to the United States. Which is weird because she's kind of reminding us that this is Donald Trump's government that is bringing right. him back. And she's she's like co-signing it. You know, so she's it's like the good Hillary that's in there somewhere, like the one that respects like used to be a lawyer and we used to work for legal aid. I mean, I'm I'm just armchair like psychologizing, psychoanalysis, psychoanalyzing her. But um, it's almost like she remembers that this is a bad thing and Trump is a bad guy. But like but she also is totally on board. Um, and of course, this is the, the Department of Justice is what initiated this. Right. Trump's Department of Justice. Uh, even. Like the the arrest just now? Oh no no right right yeah so this was right because Obama like dropped it right because there wasn't right. enough. They, to... they decided they, they they decided that the art the 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 read that they were trying to hang this on was too thin and that right you couldn't really do this without also charging the New York Times yeah and Trump's team has just been like screw it just do it right and so that you have these people like Hillary Neurotandon Mike uh, Malcolm Vance who Nance who are cheering the justice department that they've been railing against for the right. during the entire you know russia gate i mean during forever i mean everyone in in, in trump's uh, administration they've been railing against i mean to justifiably for kind of for the wrong reasons but they're bad obviously um 
And then Manchin, although he doesn't really count because he's not a lib, he's just like a Republican, but he, although technically them, he, he celebrated the arrest and said he's our property. Schumer wrote now that tweeted, now that uh, Julian Assange has been arrested, I hope he will soon be held to account for his meddling on our elections on behalf of Putin. Yeah. So, I mean, is that a crime? I mean, so, so people bring that up and then they also bring up the, someone actually on Facebook raised the, the point that, um, there could be cause of action that fits, but the interests of justice and national security outweigh secrecy about crimes. I'm not sure what that means. Oh, so my problem goes on. George Webb's thesis, delay in Assange's arrest was to allow time for capture of the users of WikiLeaks anonymous Dropbox. Um, I don't know what, uh, we could respond to that later because I'm not sure about that. Um, uh, and, and what about the argument that this, I mean, people say this all the time. I was just at the doctor and I brought this up. I was like, oh, it's so disturbing. She was like, no, he deserves it because he broke the law. He gave the election to, to Trump and he caused lives. People always, I mean, they used to say this before the Trump stuff. They used to always say that Assange, Snowden and um, Manning were responsible for deaths. But when you ask, there's not any examples that people give. Yeah, I think you could probably find some uh irresponsible things that that assange did um i believe i think he doxed a lot of uh turkish folks that uh-huh. um didn't, didn't didn't appear to be remotely newsworthy um a lot of that flows from his kind of broader model of of full transparency and publication rather than curating a lot of stuff right. i don't think anybody has been able to connect um any of the information he's published to anybody actually losing their life. Um, and, and I think if anybody was able to do that, we would know about it. Um, right. Because people would be, um, you know, celebrating that fact. Right. Constantly. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, you know, I remember Glenn Green- Greenwald, I had him on the show right after Snowden, the movie came out. And we, he, he mentioned how, you know, people, when he was growing up, liberals and Democrats, moderate Democrats considered, um, Ellsberg, Daniel Ellsberg, to be this hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he said, he said something funny. He was like, if Snowden had gone after, had done what he did under Obama, if he had done that under Bush, there'd be a marble statue of him outside of 30 Rock, you know, that MSNBC would have mm-hmm. erected. Um, but yeah, it's very, uh, it's just disturbing. And it's a weird, uh, it kind of does remind me, I mean, there's a lot of, of similarity in terms of the knee-jerk reaction or the groupthink of um, that we see with the Russiagate narrative. Depend, I mean, there's a big range of what you can believe happened or didn't happen with Russiagate stuff, but it definitely was like, there was not a high burden of proof at all. You just said whatever you wanted and then you, and you just see but with Tandon, for instance, like throwing around, throwing around the term fascist, it's just like, it's like you're a Russian bot, you're a Bernie bro, you're a fascist, all these terms that they've, that they use just to stifle people, delegitimize them. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about with Bernie? Anything else that you're working on? That's all I got. That's all you got? Okay. Yeah. Um, awesome. So uh, if people have questions, I'm going to be doing a podcast interview with Ryan. So this was like a break, we'll call this a breaking news. Uh, yes, emergency free bon- Emergency, yeah, emergency. <laughs> and it's going to be a free bonus because um, we, we can't deprive people of this story. It's very important. Um, all right. So, and where p- can people find you, Ryan? Uh, all over. Uh, Twitter. Find me on Twitter. Ryan Grimm, at Ryan Grimm. Uh, email me, Ryan Grimm at Gmail, if you got anything good. Um, Signal. And, Signal. 
can DM me for the signal and uh, make sure you read the intercept and yes. watch us on oh, the Oh, they're all you guys are awful too. Yes. You've been so smeared. Yeah. That's another issue though now. Um all right, great, and I will see you soon. Yep. See you very soon. Okay. Great. Bye. Bye. The Katie Halper Show is edited by Ted Weedy. Our theme song is by the band Cordova. And please save the date for our live taping with the podcast Struggle Session. That's Leslie Lee and Jack Allison and I will be doing a live taping, a combo of the Katie Halper Show and Struggle Session, May 10th at Littlefield. You can get your tickets now. And our special guests will be Matt Taibbi, Jake Flores, and Amy Peck.